Well, good morning, everyone, and the Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us for services today. I'll be very authentic with you, very real. It's, it's different to be on this side of honor. I'm always in the position of honoring and uh, encouraging and showing appreciation or giving to somebody else, but to be on this side is, it just feels different. It's, uh, I'm trying to figure it out how to respond to that. It's, it's different, except one occasion, except one occasion uh, we had. I, I remember I called home uh, to talk to Denise one time, and this was before caller ID, okay? Caller ID is a wonderful thing, isn't it, huh? You can choose to not talk to your mother-in-law with caller ID. I mean, you can, you, you, it, can it can help you. It can help you. And uh, this was before caller ID, so I called home, and Denise answered the phone, and I disguised my voice, and I asked for me. So she answers the phone, hello? I said, is, is Pastor Jim there? And she said, no, he's not here right now. So I knew she didn't recognize my voice, so I had her. So I thought, well, I'm just going to tell her on how good a husband she has, you know. So I began to say, He's such a wonderful man, and he blesses me in so many ways. She said, yes, I know. He's, a, he's, a, he's very nice. I'll tell him. And, and he preaches when he preaches. He just blesses my heart, and I love the way he talks about the Word of God and his story. Yes, he is. Well, she just keeps, she just keeps going on. She's, she thinks it's somebody else. Well, I said, I'm going to just keep bragging on myself, okay? <laughs> so I kept going on and on. Finally, she figured out it was me. She hung up on me. She hung up on me. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably the only time that I, I, I ever fish for some compliments. What a, great, what a great day to be here and celebrate 37 years of ministry here. I'm going to kind of share from my heart today if I can. Thank you. Thank you. If, if I was going to give this a title, I gave it the title Until... Just until. The word until kind of, until what? What are you going to do until? I want to answer that. What are you, Pastor Jim, Pastor Denise, what are you going to do? And until when are you going to do it? I, I want to I perhaps answer that question. Uh, some have asked me, are you, are you leaving? Uh, uh, no, we're not leaving. Uh, I, some people ask that. I don't know if it's a prayer request or just a question. <laughs> I've, I've, I've wondered at times, you know. <laughs> uh, but I want to share with you what we feel like our new assignment is and what we're going to be doing. In Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 1, then I'm going to touch 5 and 6. The Apostle Paul an author of so many books of the New Testament that we glean from. He's in a city called Corinth. I've had the privilege of being there, led a tour to Holy Land, and we were actually in the city of Corinth here a few weeks ago. And the Bible says in Acts 18 and 1, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Verse 5 and 6. 
When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching and testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. And he said, from now on, from now on, I will go to the Gentiles. That statement right there, from now on, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I can trace back Westover Hills to that verse. I can trace your salvation experience back to that verse. I can trace every church in the United States, North America, and Europe to this verse. At that particular time, Paul was giving his energies to preaching to the Jews. He was talking in the synagogues. He was reaching the Jewish community. And the Bible says that while he was at Corinth, Silas and Timothy joined him. And when Silas and Timothy joined him, he said, from now on, I'm going to give myself exclusively to teaching and testifying. Now I can turn over a lot of the church matters to Silas and Timothy. Silas, you and Timothy, all the stuff I was doing, the day-to-day operations, the day-to-day duties, the taking care of the regular routine, all that stuff that's important, but I want you to take care of that. And from now on, I'm going to give myself exclusively to teaching and to testifying that Jesus is the Messiah. And Paul said this, and from this moment on, my assignment is to reach the world. My assignment is to go to the Gentiles. And because Paul did that, he said that in verse 6, the gospel went into Europe, and from Europe... It transported across the Atlantic and it came to North America and America, Mexico, Argentina, Latin America, Canada, this whole continent heard about a man called Jesus. It was one moment. And let me tell you, God has given me my Silas and my Timothy. Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Danae I've been a part of our church for so many years, and God sent them here. He's given me my, my Silas and Timothy. I'm not quitting, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give the rest of my life until the trumpet sounds or God calls me home. I'm going to give them the rest of my life and I'm going to tell people about Jesus, and I'm going to go and expand and extend the gospel to as many places as I can. I, someone, someone asked me, are you retiring? Well, yes and no, yes and no, yes and no. I, I, am I leaving the church here? No. Going to be, I'll be gone a lot more. Denise will be here Uh, a lot more than I will be here. I've always endearingly called Denise the mother of the house. That's what Denise is just, she's just the mother of the house. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna extend and go farther and further than I've ever gone before. Retiring? Well, yes, I took my 11 year old car down to discount tire. And I said, put four, I wanted you to retire it. I want four new Michelin tires. 
Everybody's talking to me about retiring, so that's what I'm going to do. I put four new tires on it, and I'm going to go as far and as many directions as I can. I'm going to Houston tomorrow to help a new church planner. Last night in the service, we had a church planner that I've been working with and helping them for the last year and a half in, in Lubbock. They're running over 100. I was, I'm helping a church planner in San Marcos right now. I just received a text message from somebody I was working with them and helping them. They were at a stuck moment in their church and I spent a week with them last October. The pastor texted me Thursday night as I was flying home from a conference I was speaking at, and here's what he said. Pastor Jim, our church has been running 225 and 225 for years. I spent a week with you, and now our church has grown 100. This year, we have seen 94 people come to Jesus. At Easter, we had the largest attendance we've ever had. We had 500 people in service on Easter. Will you spend some more time? Can I do a Zoom call with you this week? And I'm meeting with him on Zoom this week. That's what I want to do. Next month in May, I'm going to Africa. We're going to be conducting a pastor seminar for African pastors, 500 pastors coming in. Pastor Angus is going with me. Uh, I will be going to Europe in the month of June for a conference. End of uh, July, I'm going to New Zealand to teach in a Bible school. Then I'm going to go to Singapore and teach in three Bible schools there in Singapore. Then I'm going to go to Malaysia, and I'm going to be teaching in the Bible school in Malaysia, encouraging and doing pastor's seminars and pastor's conferences all across the country of Malaysia. I am going to go further and farther, and here it is. I'm going to give myself and my energies to multiplying the kingdom of God. Now that I have my Silas and Timothy in place, God, I'm going to give all of my energies to extending the kingdom of God. And you would ask me, uh, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because of one verse in the Bible. There's one verse in the Bible I wish was not in there. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. Because of one verse. One verse in the Bible. I'm going to go every direction. I'm going to spend the rest of my life reaching people for Jesus because of one verse in the Bible. One verse in the Bible is the reason I'm not going to sit at home all day and watch The Price is Right. I can't do that. <laughs> Why would you? Why would you leave a great church when you could put your feet on the desk and just cruise for the next 10 years and ride it out smoothly? Why would you pack a suitcase and go all the way around the world in every direction of the compass because of one verse in the Bible? Revelation 20 and 15 says... And whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. And that verse is the reason I won't quit. Yeah, that's, right. that's the reason I won't quit. That's why I've asked you to give offerings to build Bible colleges in Africa. 
It's why we feed 1,700 and 70 children every day in third world countries. It's why we built a sports complex. It's why we've built onto this building. And it's why I'm going to go into my next season of ministry and I will be your ambassador and your representative. And I want to encourage pastors and help build churches around the world. Today, for just a few minutes, for just a few minutes, I, I want to share with you what I probably have said to you all of my pastoral ministry here. I wrote down what I call 15 Ryanisms. <laughs> These are things I've said, and they've been born out of experiences in ministry and things the Holy Spirit put in my heart. And I've preached it and I've said it on the platform. I've said it in board meetings. I've said it in classrooms. I've said it in the hallways. It's just stuff that I have lived by that God has just put into my heart. It's just my phrases that, that define my spiritual DNA and how I have led this church for the last, for the last 37 years. And I wrote down 15 of them, and let me share some with you today. Number one, invest in those who can't pay you back, and God will pick up the bill. I've lived by that. I've lived by that value. Invest in those who can't pay you back, and God will pick up the bill. That's why we feed 1,770 children every day. They'll never pay us back. That's why we've, we've built a sports complex and given that ministry away to the community. Why? Invest in those who can't pay you back and expect God to pick up the bill. Just keep giving and keep doing for Jesus. Keep sharing the good news. Just keep doing it and just watch what God can do and watch how God can multiply it. I received a letter from a from a mother in this community. We started our sports complex. She attends another church and she wrote me a letter. And in essence, let me just give you a succinct uh, uh, portion of that letter that she wrote. She said, Pastor, Pastor Jim Ryan, I need to let you know my son is a senior at Warren High School. We attend another church in this community. My son has gone out for sports leagues, for basketball, every year in high school, and every year he's been turned down. He has not made the team. And he, again, in his senior year, went out. He wanted to play basketball so bad, and he was not allowed to play. He just is not quite tall enough and agile enough, but he approached me. And he said that there's a church in the community, Westover, that has a basketball league. And he asked if he could play on it. And she said to me in the letter, she says, honestly, pastor, my heart sunk. And I said, I don't want my son turned down again. I didn't want him to experience in his last year of high school another disappointment. But I said to him, go ahead if you want to. She said he was on the team she said he played. She said, my son made a basket. He was the one that scored a point. He has never done that in a basketball game, in, com in competition, in any kind of a league form. Not only that, she says his team won the tournament 
and he got a trophy at the end. And she said, thank you, pastor, for what you've done. She says, you gave my son an experience and a, mem- and a memory. And she said, although I attend another church, please keep doing what you're doing. Invest in those who can't pay you back and watch God pick up the bill. Watch what God can do. I'm 64 years old, and it was 50 years ago I received Jesus as my Savior when I was 14. I remember what the change it made in my life. A year later when I was 15, I walked into the living room and I told my mother, she was laying on the couch, I still see that image in my mind as I tell the story to you now. And I said to her, she was listening to music, I said, Mom, Mom, I feel like God's called me into the ministry. I went and talked to the pastor of my church, Brother Yarbrough, and I said, as 15 years old, Brother Yarbrough, I believe God's called me into the ministry. What do I do? I feel like I need to go to Bible college, but I have no idea where to go and what to do. And my pastor said this. He said, Jim, why don't you go to a Bible college that I attended? It's in San Antonio, Texas. I'd recommend you go there. Decision was made. I never ordered a catalog from another uh, college whatsoever. It was good enough for my pastor. It was good enough for me. And Denise and I moved to San Antonio for the express purpose of going to Bible school. Graduated from there. A few years after that, we felt a tugging in our heart to plant a church in San Antonio. We had never pastored, but we just, we knew God was stirring and God was speaking something to our heart. And we decided, we decided we were going to go for it. How are you going to start? How are you going to start? We had a three-year-old and a two-month-old. I was 27 and we're going to plant a church. How, how are we going to make that happen? We sold our house, got 5,000 equity, went and borrowed $2,500 from the bank against my Chevrolet car. We had $7,500. We put it in the bank for the church to start, and that's how we started this church. You ask, with a three-year-old and a two-month-old, why would you give everything you own away? Because I believe if you'll invest in others, God will pick up the bill. If you will just put the kingdom of God first, if you'll put the kingdom of God before anything else, God will make it come to pass. And I heard today over 8,000 people on Easter, 500 people receiving Jesus as their Savior. Can I tell you, Denise, it was worth everything, wasn't it? was worth everything. Invest in those who can't pay you back and watch God pick up the bill. First piece of property we bought was 1987. Yeah, we were going to purchase three acres of property and build our first building. We purchased the property. We're in a rented facility, very small, very small building. 
We're paying rent on that. We bought a piece of property. I'm making payment on the property. I'm trying to go to the bank to borrow a half million dollars to help us build our first building. I did a little bit of an internet search on that. A half a million dollars in 87 is $1.3 million today to kind of give us an economy of what the dollars we were looking at right then. I put together the little bit of financial information we had. I went to bank after bank after bank after bank to see if they would lend us money. None of them even gave me a return call. Somebody told me there was a there was a there was a bank across town, NBC Bank, National Bank of Commerce. They said there was a loan officer there. He's a believer. He's often helpful in helping churches get loans. I went and talked to him, gave him the information, called him in a week. He couldn't come to the phone. Called him in a few more days. Couldn't come to the phone. Kept at it. Three weeks later, two, three weeks later, finally he answered the phone and he said, Pastor Jim. He said, I, I just got to tell you, we can't, we can't do a loan. He said, your church is not strong enough, doesn't have, doesn't have a financial page that's strong enough for our bank to lend you money. Yeah. Can I give you an update on that? NBC Bank went insolvent, and Westover Hills is still here today. Yeah. The bank went bankrupt, but Westover Hills is here today and we're reaching the world. To God be the glory. Invest in those who can pay you back and watch God pick up the bill. We bought additional property. In fact, 1993, we were raising money to buy the property. This building sits on right here. The property this building sits on, and I, I have in my position, I've kept it all these years. This is our checkbook. You remember when we used to have checks? <laughs> you remember that? And you'd write in here, okay, and you'd, you'd, do a, you'd do a balance on it. Here's our checkbook. And this is, before we had online, we didn't have online back then. We had a, this is a savings account book. And this was, this was in the possession of our treasure and I was just glancing through it. The year that we bought the property that this building sits on, we started that year with $28,025 in the bank. We ended that year, right here it is, with $201 in the bank. Why? Because we gave it all, raised money, put everything we could to buy this property here. Invest in those who can't pay you back and what's God pick up the bill. We built another building, just kept moving forward, reaching people for Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'd like, it, it can sound romantic, it can sound exciting, but there were days I didn't know if we were going to be able to, to pay the electric bill. There were days, there were weeks we didn't get a paycheck. We had electric bills to pay. We had the payment on the church to make. We had responsibilities, the water bill, all those things that, all those things that you just have to do to make it happen. I remember sometimes I'd be in service. I, 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 I got to confess that I, I'd like to tell you not all my prayers are for heaven to open up, but there were some times and I'd be in church and I'd say, oh God, and I'd give him a number. We need this much in the offering today just to pay the, I knew what we had to pay Monday morning. God, just, just help us. I'm sitting at my office one day, 
and a man walks into my office and he has a white taco cabana sack and tearfully he sets it right on the desk and all he says this to me is I've been robbing God and he walks out of my office he's been robbing God and he's bringing me tacos <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not getting this I opened that taco cabana sack there was $10,000 in $20 bills right there. I called Denise up. Sweetheart, turn on the news. Has there been a Taco Cabana robbed? <laughs> Has there been a local robbery of a Taco Cabana? Uh, because if there is, I've got to decide whether to turn this money in or not. I, I, I'm, not I'm not sure. Not sure. No, no, there's... And I remember calling her, just, just what we needed, that just. And here it is, point two. When you're down to nothing, God's always up to something. Remember that. When you're down to nothing, God's always up to something in your life. Every door God closes. Every opportunity that fails through, the call that didn't work out, the, 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 the situation that didn't resolve, when you're down to nothing, you just need to know something. God has something he's working on. God's doing something behind the scenes. And God will always come through. God will always be there for you. Number three, I want to share with you what I call Ryanisms. I've always told you, you'll never come in last by putting God first. You'll never come in last if you just put God first. I, I can say honestly, Denise, honestly, we've, we've put God first in everything, in everything. I look back and nearly 47 years of marriage and 44 years in the ministry, 37 years here, we decided to put God first. We, we, God never went second. God just never went second. We were just going to say, God, you're going to be first. And, and our testimony is this. You'll never come in last by putting God first. 37 years ago, and the first service this church had in a rented facility I asked people to open their Bibles, and I read from my very first sermon I ever preached in this church, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Let me read it to us again. It just seems fitting to remind us what I started with 37 years ago. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he'll make your path straight. There are two all statements there. All your heart and all your ways. If you'll just follow Jesus with all your heart and in all your ways, just put, put him first. You'll never come in last. Put him first. You'll, you, you'll never come in last. He'll, he'll, he'll see to it. God will 
always come through. You can trust that. You can trust that. A privilege of pastoring this church for 37 years. We built auditoriums, facilities, a sports complex. I was down on the sports field yesterday and I think they told me there were 3,000 people that came out yesterday for our, our soccer games. I was down there to watch my granddaughter play. And I saw the smiles on people's faces and all that. And my heart was just full of joy. Wow. Wow. I said, God, thank you. Thank you for you, what you've allowed us to do here. And now we're going to give it away to the next generation. And they just got to keep doing it. And I'm going to go all over the world I can. As God, as long as you give me health and strength, if I'm not here, I'm going to be encouraging a pastor. I'm going to be, I'm going to be helping build a church. I'm going to do something. And thank you that you gave me my Timothy and my Silas to allow me the privilege in this next season. Forty-eight years ago, 48 years ago, I read this poem. When I read it, I memorized it. It probably never seems more fitting than this moment in my life. Let me share it with you. An old man walking down a lone highway, he came at evening tide, cold and gray, to a valley that was deep and wide through which there flowed a swelling tide. The old man crossed in twilight dim. The swelling stream had no fear for him. And when he was safe on the other side, he built a bridge to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, you're wasting your time building this bridge here. Why labor hard at the end of day? For never again will you pass this way. You've crossed the valley deep and wide. Why build this bridge at evening tide? The old man lifted his old gray head until the pilgrim, he said, there followeth after me today a youth who must pass this way. He too must cross in twilight dim. Good friend, I've built this bridge for him. That's my story. I've built a bridge. And now it's time to turn it to another generation. And they do it all over again. My fourth point. I'll cover four of 15. Is that all right? I can tell you unequivocally. My life has exceeded my dreams. Yes. My life exceeds my dreams. God... And his providential grace and wisdom chose two kids, kind of from nowhere, 
Jim and Denise Ryan, put his hand upon them, and he said he was going to use them. They were able to do things far beyond their skill, ability, and their, their own capability. Why? Because everybody needed to know it was God and not them. And wow, we have touched the world. We have touched the world. And I want to thank you. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for loving Denise and I and understanding us. And thank you for putting up with Denise through all these years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I know you do. You've just let me be myself. I've just been myself. And you've looked past my foibles and my quirks and just loved us anyway. You loved our girls. I need to. I, it would be remiss if I didn't thank you for praying for us over the last couple years as Denise and I walked through the valley of tears. Thank you for loving us during that season. And it's a joy to step into God's next. When I'm here, I'll be here nowhere else. But if I'm not here, I'm going to be telling somebody about Jesus. And I'm going to give the rest of my life until... He either calls me home or the trumpet sounds. Can I pray? Father, what a, what a great privilege. My life exceeds my dreams to pastor this church for 37 years and to now hand it over to my Timothy and my Silas. And they release me to go globally and encourage others. I thank you for Pastor Jonathan and Danae stepping in and God, just give them, give them the people that have stood by us to encourage them as they move forward and continue this for the next generation. I, I speak blessing on this church, and may its future be bigger than its past. 
May Jonathan and Danae stand on our shoulders, but, but reach further, reach more people, do more for the kingdom than, than we've ever done in the past. And we're going to do it all for the glory of the Lord. And I bless these kind people that have just been like family to us. And I ask you, God, to just keep our hearts focused on you in this last day until we meet you face to face. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for the call of God on a 15-year-old's life that 50 years later, I'm still following that path, still walking down that pathway. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. You're dismissed. We love you.